I had a friend a little while ago who knew me better than I knew myself. Before we met, I'd always thought that was a silly notion, that someone could know you better than you did. But then I found Mina, and I understood. I don't pretend to know much about the workings of the world, but I like to imagine that souls are made of fine fabric. I like to imagine that when you find a friend like I did, it's because you are cut from the same cloth. Mina died when she was very young, but I often think of her. And when things are very bad, when they begin to lay their hands on us, I close my eyes and I picture her. I picture fine fabric. I imagine very hard that I am leaving my body and that she and I are lying together in the warm grass of late summer, steadily telling stories. truth is, I never did lie in long grasses with Mina. I suppose I didn't know her long enough. We met in the winter, and she was gone before the summer. Before the sun had warmed the fields, before life had really begun. But I can imagine. I can picture it very clearly. The two of us together in the heat of late July. Even if you're born without any luck at all, even if life is stolen from you bit by bit until it's hard to breathe, until it's hard to stand, until it hurts to sleep, your imagination is yours to keep. I'd like you to remember that. When your world wants you to be quiet and to accept the way things are, Try to remember that it is always possible to conjure a new reality. Try to remember that imagination is a quiet kind of magic. It is rebellion. It can build a better future. When you're little, you're programmed to love. It's knitted into your DNA. To reach out and to love the people who are nearest. And I remember feeling that way about Adam. He was the first thing I saw, and I trusted him completely. And of course there was my mother, but I didn't know her long. I don't remember much about those first few weeks. I was still very little, and the world was very new. I do remember noises that I couldn't understand. I remember bright lights. I remember the smell of blood. I remember the feeling of my body growing stronger. And I remember that it made me feel braver for a while. But I couldn't imagine what it really meant. Or the things that they would do when they saw that I was ready. The funny thing is, I never wanted a baby. But when my body was ready, they forced him into my belly. Well, sometimes you don't know what you're missing until it arrives. 
I called him Connor. But of course, nobody but me knew his name. I remember how warm he was. I remember the peace of him sleeping beside me. In the coldness of those rooms, he was my little companion. And although he was only a few hours old, I felt like I'd known him all my life. If I'd known on that first day how little time we had, I would have stayed awake all night. I would have memorized the shape of him. I would have learned him off by heart. I remember the cold slice of light the next morning, streaming through the doors like the glint of a knife. It was earlier than usual, I remember that. And I remember Connor stirring quietly beside me. There were two of them, together, and they moved quickly and quietly. When they came to my bedside, they didn't speak. They just reached for him roughly and lifted him away. To them, he was nothing but a thing to be got rid of. But to me, he was a miracle. A pure Pacific miracle. Losing a baby is a mutilation. It is a violation. It is a rip in the fabric of the simplest laws of nature. I knew as they walked away that I would never know what had become of him. I knew that I would spend the rest of my life wondering, hoping that wherever they took him, he was loved. Hoping that wherever he was, he was looked after. So they took him away very early that day, and later they came for the milk that I'd made. I know now that this is what happened to Mina, but that she grew very ill when her milk came in, because of the dirt and the filth and the din. They will do this to me every year until I grow poorly like Mina did. Every year I will give birth to a son or a daughter, and my milk will be sold to you, cheaper than water. If I'm lucky, or perhaps if I'm unlucky, I will live to be five or six years old. And every day for the rest of my life, I will try not to think of what they did with my children. In spite of it all, I think that on the day I was born, I was right to trust Adam. In spite of what he did to me, I don't think I got that wrong. I think there really was a small spark of love. A nimble, simple, uncorrupted thing. Like the first twist of smoke on a burning fire. I think that we were built to love one another. I think that in another life, he might be like my brother. I think that you, all of you, are made of fine fabric. And that I am made of fine fabric too. And I hope that you will think of this often. Perhaps as often as I do.
the natural life expectancy of a cow is 15 to 20 years. In commercial farming systems, dairy cows are slaughtered at 6 years of age. Unwanted male calves are shot and incinerated at 1 to 2 days old. The dairy industry calls this its dirty secret. You have been listening to Eve. Eve will live for another 4 years, 153 days, 4 hours, 8 minutes and 14 seconds, 13 seconds, 12 seconds, 11 seconds, 10 seconds, 9 seconds, 8 seconds, 7 seconds. Life Sentence is a MAG's creative original. Written by Tabitha Mortaboy. Supervising producer is Kelsey Bennett. Executive producer is Megan Hill-Smith. Sound design and audio production by Kit Milsom. Please rate, review, subscribe, follow and share the show.